Exactly. I'm basically part of a scary gay cult. Like, <laughs> but that's... <laughs> Welcome to Neophile, the podcast where we do your favorite thing for the very first time. I'm Jedediah Johnson. And I'm Paul Hayes. Are you back? I'm back. (laughs) Yeah. On today's episode, which, by the way, Neophile, if you haven't heard us before, uh, we get somebody in here, we interview them about a favorite thing of theirs that we've never tried, and then we try it, and then we get back together with them and talk about it. And mm-hmm. it's great. It's well, the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Voted best <laughs> by us. On today's episode, uh, my friend Mel comes down from South Bend to serve up some podcast realness. But before we get into that, what's RuPaul? Uh, Rue is when you mix butter and flour and you no, no, cook no, it. No, 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 no. You're, you're supposed to not acknowledge that it's an Easter egg. You're supposed to not acknowledge that I said that. Um, just say before I'll cut what, it. But, but not, we'll just leave it. Cause, okay. Because who cares? Because Rue cares. Didn't notice so, anything. So what's? <laughs> so, so what is? Was what is? What's new? Oh man, Jed. There's so many things. I went on a vacation. Oh yeah. Uh huh. So there's a lot of things. There's there's cool ones. Uh, but I think I'm going to, I'm going to tell you about one that makes me sound real old okay. is whale watching. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I whale watched it. I whale watched on the, in Oregon, on the coast of Oregon. Mm-hmm. It was great. Uh, we didn't do anything specific to, to that. Like we didn't take a, a cruise or whatever just to, to see it. Mm-hmm. We were just kind of sitting on this, this little deck built on the side of a cliff Mm-hmm. Sort of thing, cliff deck, and all I was doing was watching the sunset and the water because the ocean's real cool. I had I hadn't been there in a while, and the ocean's also mm-hmm. the best, like especially on the west coast. Yeah, yeah, especially on the west coast. A lot like this podcast, the ocean's the best. I was looking at it, and then all of a sudden, I saw a puff of like water, mm-hmm. um, just spray out of the water, and and I pointed at it and pointed it out and said, "What was that?" and and we just watched for a while and mm-hmm. uh you didn't know you were whale watching didn't know i was whale watching and mm-hmm. then I, we kept seeing it and we had these binoculars um and then after it would puff you would see like the whole body slowly roll mm. and it was it was the most it was weird it made my stomach feel weird mm. right because i was in that ocean hours before mm. and this thing uh is a whale yeah those yeah. are big uh most of my time on this vacation was spent in a tent and you know I'm I, I'm not claustrophobic but I like the idea you know of sitting up straight sometimes when I'm bored in the middle of the night or even standing up mm-hmm. and in a tent you can't do that and I thought man if I got a whole Jonah and the whale situation like if I was actually swallowed while I was out there I could probably sit and stand inside that thing its belly in the Bible that I had when I was a kid there's pictures <laughs> of Jonah's eating i think hot dogs in a whale's belly just sure. kind of sitting there eating hot dogs sure. so it was a weird experience what whale watching jesus christ you're so old uh <laughs> but <laughs> this well, is i have a philosophical question real quick yeah uh if jonah's eating hot dogs in the whale like what does that mean for like did the whale eat hot dogs if you eat jonah and jonah's <laughs> carrying some hot dogs did you also eat hot dogs well, Jonah, if you were filling out your lose it app and being like, what did I eat today? Would you have to put hot dogs in there? Probably. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or you pack, you prep for whale swallowed whale voring you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you just pack some dogs and buns. What What's new with you, though, Jed? I'll tell you what's new. Uh, something that's so old. It's like you. It's old. I recently uh, <laughs> I re- I'm so much older than you. I recently. uh <laughs> Uh, pulled out Star Wars the customizable card game cards from 1994. Oh. I used to play uh, with my friend Brian Brinegar, who is one of my best friends. We've from, talked about Brian on the show from, before. from years ago. He pulled out his old Star Wars the customizable card game cards, uh, 
and we played a game. And so I pulled mine out and sort of went through them and tried to put a deck together. It was, it's like Magic the Gathering, but it's Star Wars themed. Okay. And you would buy hundreds of booster packs if you were me and like try to put together your best deck and you're trying to get the the real rare cards like darth vader oh it's real rare and yeah and um so there's only one yeah uh and so yeah that was a game that it's funny too because brian's like we played this a lot and i was like i don't remember playing this ever I remember playing it a few times, but I really don't feel like we played much. But then I looked at my cards and they're all just like grimy on the edges. Like I played this game a lot and I don't remember playing it at all. And uh, so we got it out and we played it again. And I'm going to tell you what, it kind of sucks. It's not a very good game because they did this thing where like they came out with the game and it had these pretty complicated rules. Okay. And then every time they came out with an expansion for a new movie, because like it started out with just the first movie and then it added new sets yeah. for each of the additional movies. Sure. Every time they came out with a new set for a new movie, it's like, here's a bunch more fucking rules. And like, here's how you blow up the death star. And like, here's how you blow up the shield generators at the Hoth echo base. And like all of this bullshit. And it's just completely indecipherable, which is funny because it was made by a company called decipher, <laughs> which is now out of business, I think. Broken. But anyway, so yeah, that's what's new with me playing an old game that sucks. <laughs> that's that's great. Um, I I hear that you went to a soul food restaurant. I did go to a soul food restaurant, and I was talking about it here in this room. We're no longer in half my childhood bedroom. We're now in the bar room. Big changes. Yep. And uh, yeah, I went to a soul food restaurant. It was called the Mississippi Bell. It's on Fifty Fourth Street here in Indianapolis over by the pawn shop pub and it was not very good i'm sad to say they had hot water cornbread which i'd never had before which was kind of interesting hot water cornbread you don't like it's not leavened or anything it's basically just like a lump it's like a dense lump of cornbread mm. a little rounded corn puck and you eat it it was kind of interesting it was it was a good concept. Average ex- execution is what I wrote down. Oh, uh, average fried what, chicken. What, but, but the yams were a little too sweet, but they were very good. The greens were average. I also like walked in and it wasn't super clear where to sit at first. Like That's actually a common thing at a lot of these soul food mm-hmm. restaurants. There's no real host. You just mm-hmm. kind of walk in and whatever employee happens to see you first is like, can, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I went to that. It's not my favorite. Okay. It's not my favorite, but I'm still glad I went. I'm glad I'm I'm experiencing these things. Uh, do you want to talk about what we're doing today? Do you want to just get into it? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, this is this is one of three interviews, right? Three subjects that I did with my friend Mel, and we're talking about something really awesome. Uh, so yeah, let's let's listen to Mel. Mel, welcome to Neophile. <laughs> Hi, Jed. Thanks for having me. I've not done this on any other episode officially, uh, but I think it would help a little context just uh, how how we how we know each other. Sure. Do you remember how we met? Because I don't. Um, I don't know if it was the first moment that we met, but I do remember meeting you. Hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. Um. It was in the Imperial Trojan apartment complex. In Los Angeles, in, California. In Los Angeles, California, uh, where I was living my sophomore year of college. Mm-hmm. And I was in my room, I believe, at my desk on my computer, probably on AIM, mm-hmm. um, probably chatting with somebody on AIM. AOL Instant Messenger. Yeah. Um, and you were over at the apartment for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really know you, but I had seen you around. And um, and I remember you... This doesn't make sense now that I'm thinking about it, but this is the way I remember it. Okay. I remember you walking into my room that I shared with Pete and saying, does anyone want to play Euchre? And I said, what are you, from Indiana? And you're like, yeah, actually I am. I'm from Indianapolis. And I was like, holy shit, I'm from South Bend. Uh huh. And that's how I remember meeting you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been friends for a very long time. That was in the that was in the early noughties. Yeah, 
It wow, it has been a long time. That's yeah. kind of wild to think about. Like seventeen years. Yeah. Is that possible? Is did yeah. I do the math right? Yeah, something like that. Wow. But yeah, so Mel, talk to me about a reality TV show. So yes, I would love to spread the gospel, mm-hmm. as they say, about RuPaul's Drag Race, which is a show that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am, I have heard of it. I have not seen a single second of it. Okay, great. I'm happy to hear that. Actually, um, you know, when you were saying you were jealous of the guy who had never eaten an ice cream sandwich before and was going to experience that for the first time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I am super jealous that you get to watch Drag Race for the first time. Um, So RuPaul's Drag Race is a reality show Mm -hmm. hosted by RuPaul Charles, Uh the American drag queen. He had that song... Supermodel. Supermodel, yeah. Which was popular. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was like early 90s, 92 maybe. I don't know. Everything I think happened in the early 90s, I date to 92, but that might not be accurate. I think it might have been a little later. I think it might have been, I feel like it might have been six, seven, eight. But I don't yeah. know. Well, regardless. We can look that up at some <clears throat> point. So. Or not. Um, Dates don't matter. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> So um, Drag Race is a reality show where drag queens compete to be um, America's next drag superstar. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love it because it incorporates so many different elements of um, things that I like about reality shows where people make things. Mm -hmm. So they they design clothes. um, They act. They do comedy. uh, They do stand-up. They dance, they sing, they do other kinds of creative type challenges. So it's it's a collection of all the kinds of creative challenges that I like to see on reality shows. That's cool. Like um, Project Runway was the first reality show I ever watched, and I just loved watching them make clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is like Project Runway plus America's Next Top Model plus... Um, <laughs> last, last, last comic standing or whatever that yeah, was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So it's got elements of, um, many different types of art mm-hmm. and drag itself is an art form. That's really interesting to watch. It's mm-hmm. awesome to watch the men transform into beautiful glamazons, mm-hmm. um, and then strut their stuff on the runway. But what I love most about the drag queens on the show and drag in general is that it's an expression of an authentic self mm-hmm. a genuine authentic self um and i really admire that and it's a really great thing to see it's a really inspiring thing to see somebody do yeah yeah that that is that does sound inspiring i yeah i'm i'm interested from your description i will say as a disclaimer that i tend to strongly shy away from reality television the last so i got and it's for this reason i watched the very first episode of the very first american idol season and the first episode of most of those seasons is like, here's all these people that auditioned and some people were really good, but some people were so bad that we're going to make fun of them. And oh. it really bummed me out. And so that's sort of like being that American Idol judgy kind of mean situation was not so fun. And so I wasn't super into that. Uh, I saw a couple of episodes of Project Runway and it was kind of interesting, but um, didn't really do it for me a friend of mine was on master chef so i watched two episodes before she got knocked off the show um but yeah that's really my my most of my reality tv experience i wouldn't say there's a lot of manufactured drama there is conflict and there is sure drama but it doesn't seem overly it doesn't seem contrived Mm -hmm. it seems natural it seems like a natural byproduct of the contestants working together Mm -hmm. and interacting with one another and having personality conflicts Mm -hmm. i'm sure that you know the producers do something to high like highlight that conflict or Mm -hmm. maybe create situations where that conflict (laughs) create situations where the conflict can develop 
um, maybe create an environment for a conflict to thrive. I'm sure there's an element Absolutely, of that. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. But it's there not. Is. It's not. Over it's not. The dis- top. It's not distracting. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Great. Another reason why I'm interested in this show is because when the new Twin Peaks came out, the new thing that David Lynch did on Showtime, it was like a 14 episode thing, and I got Showtime just to watch that, and it was super great. I really enjoyed it. It was very weird and not satisfying in a lot of ways, but kind of satisfyingly not satisfying. But as I was watching that, at some point early on, I became aware of a Facebook group that you could join. And it was for people who were simultaneously fans of Twin Peaks and watching it every week as it came out and fans of RuPaul's Drag Race and were and so there were all of these crossover memes that they would do Whoa. of of Whoa. things that happened in that week's episode of Twin Peaks and things that happened in episodes of Drag Race. Wow. And they, yeah, they'd like take lines from Twin Peaks and put them over like characters or, or people that were on Drag Race. Uh, I don't remember what it was called, um, but it was this Facebook group. And I was I would it was so cool. It was just the people that like Drag Race were cool to watch them talk about Twin Peaks too. Uh and I even though I didn't get any of the any of the drag race references, it was still really fun to like look at these memes and and see these things. So like I already feel mildly a part of the drag race community just because of that one little period in my life where I was where the Venn diagrams of our worlds intersected briefly so i'm happy that you've given me you've given me this and you're actually not the first person that has expressed to me that they would like for me to do this so awesome i'm happy that uh, i'm happy that i got it from you how should i approach it what should i do what's your prescription i'm going to prescribe season four to you season four what year was that 2012 okay 2012 i just want to locate where i was in my own life I was in grad school. Great. Yep. Um, it is my favorite season. Mm-hmm. It has my favorite queen on it. Okay. Who don't is, t- don't tell nope. me. Okay. Don't tell me who it is because I want to tell you who it is. I want to see if I can guess. <laughs> okay. I want to see if I can guess who your favorite. You'll queen. probably be able to guess. <laughs> <laughs> is this when I find out that you were on RuPaul's Drag Race? <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert yeah but it it's a really great season and my favorite it was actually a super significant season for me because i watched it while i was pregnant with elliot Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) um which i have feelings about so (laughs) sure sure. (laughs) yeah i can imagine so anyway what an interesting i mean like yes people are emotional about their kids <laughs> and like that makes and that makes <laughs> and that makes absolute sense but what a i'm just what a fun thing to link to that experience like what a- yeah yeah and i uh i'll try not to completely melt down <laughs> as i try to explain its role in that time in my life but um it actually helped me a lot with my anxiety about uh-huh. that time, my anxiety about having a baby. Cause you know, he's, sure. he's my one and only, and I had never been pregnant before and mm-hmm. I had never given birth before. Mm-hmm. And you know, you like go into it thinking like, yeah, people do this. This is a thing that people want and like, and then <laughs> you get to like a month before he's about to come out of you. And you're like, wait, no, a human is going to come out of my vagina. Uh-huh. And people used to die from this. People still die from this. I could die. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, it's actually terrifying. It's wow, a terrifying yeah. thing. I've never even thought of that that way. Yeah. And I hadn't really either until, like, it was getting toward the end. Because, um, <clears throat> you know, you, you have, you know, you live in modern times and you have faith in medicine and doctors and stuff. So, you you know, you feel like, yeah, you know, people do this all the time. But still occasionally things go wrong and so that oh, kind yeah. of was like sinking in so i was i was feeling super anxious about the actual act of giving birth and um watching drag race at that time 
was an outlet for me. It was almost like an panacea. Mm. Is that a word? Did I use that word right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, It healed everything. Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, Because even I I was getting to the point in the third trimester where I wasn't sleeping very well. Mm -hmm. And... Um, so I would wake up in the middle of the night, like three, four in the morning and just feel super anxious. But then like, while I was feeling anxious, I would have one of RuPaul's songs stuck in my head mm-hmm. and it like helped because all of the songs are so fun and positive. Um, and, uh, I can't remember which song it was. It was a song from that season because I was watching it every day. Mm-hmm. So it was just ingrained in me. So like it, it helped me deal with that anxiety. But also it was important because um, not only was I scared about the physical act of having a baby, but also um, the social act of becoming a mother mm-hmm. and, the, and uh, the social act of being a child. And I was starting to think about like what kind of person he was going to be, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? You, yeah. you never can tell. But I was kind of like, doing the math in my head and thinking about myself and my childhood and thinking about um, his father's childhood and his father's personality and kind of like, you know, imagining what kind of human that would create. Um, And as I'm thinking about this, I'm watching Drag Race and I feel like, you know, it's possible that I could produce a drag queen. And, you know, (laughs) what, what might his life be like? What might, you know childhood be like for a future drag for a future drag queen and um you know it's especially now you know times are scarier than they were in 2012 i think anyway so i just started i started thinking about the possibility of having a child who is a weirdo sure um the possibility of having a child who is gay Mm-hmm. The possibility of having a child who just is who is just outside the box of, you mm-hmm. know, of whatever is normal at the time, mm-hmm. um, because that's certainly how my ch- childhood was. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly how his dad's childhood was. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's probably likely that he's going to be an outside of the box kind of a person. So watching Drag Race at that time and seeing these outside the box kinds of people thriving and succeeding and living their dreams was a really inspiring and comforting thing at the time. Awesome. That's wow. (laughs) This is, (laughs) you're making my podcast so serious. I'm sorry. (laughs) And and inspiring. You can edit all that out. Apologies. Yeah. yeah, We're going to cut that. It'll just be like, I love the costumes. <laughs> yeah, I do love that too. There is some great fashion on that show. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I cannot wait to watch season four of RuPaul's Drag Race and to think about what it must be like to be a mother. And and uh, yeah, I'll do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to watch season four. We'll get together again and uh, we'll get together after the break <laughs> and, and talk about it. Mel. Jed. What, you, what, you, what are you going by these days? Mel. <laughs> just... Do you have a last name? Oh, Lutz. Lutz. Yeah. yeah. No. Okay. I I I've always just called just, you that, but it's it's yeah. changed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, it has. I'm sticking with it this time. Great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Mel Lutz. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. You're welcome, Judge Johnson. Three times, possibly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mel, welcome back to Neophile. <laughs> Thanks, Jed. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm glad that I'm glad that we could get together again. I this know. time to talk about uh, RuPaul's Drag Race season four. I'm ready. So let's Kai Kai. Yeah. Wait. Kiki. Kiki. I get them confused. <laughs> How do you know which one I meant? Uh, I could have meant the other one. You. You don't want to do that with me. <laughs> we're going to uh, we're going to Kiki, which is gossip. Mm-hmm. Um. So here's the deal: RuPaul's Drag Race season four might be a perfect season of television. <laughs> Standing ovation. I completely agree. So, okay, starts off. 
Uh, we get all we got all we got all the queens. They all come in. I'm seeing everybody, and I'm like, okay, some of these some of these ladies are stupid hot. Like a couple of them, mm-hmm. like Kenya. Kenya is oh, yeah. gorgeous as a woman. Mm-hmm. Fifi mm-hmm. is a gorgeous as a woman to the point where like I almost can't see man Fifi in woman Fifi. They're so different. Yeah. To me. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, so that I see, um, you know, Chad Michaels come in. Chad Michaels looks a little older, but it's like, looks fun. Um, and I see Sharon Needles come in and I'm like, oh, it's a, it's a weirdo. Nice. Got a weirdo. (laughs) And like, let's just talk about that for a second. Sure. Uh, you're, you're walking into a room full of drag queens and you're the weirdo, right? Yeah. Like that's a you're you're a weirdo among weirdos. That's pretty epic. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a pretty epic thing. I'm watching the show. I'm like, you know, it's the first episode, and I was actually kind of surprised when they kick somebody off in the first episode. Like, of course they do. I don't watch reality television, but of course they do. But it's just like, wow, you know, yeah. this is we just met everybody and somebody's gone. And it was one of the hottest ones, one of the prettiest ones, one of the ones that had the prettiest face was right off. I don't remember what her name was. I only saw her the one time. And uh, but it was it was clear that that was the right call after that. Um, And then there was one moment that I thought was great early on when the princess is talking to Sharon Needles. And the princess is kind of like being like, you know, I really like what you do. I like your I like how you're a weirdo amongst weirdos. Uh, and, and Sharon's like, thanks. And then the princess is like, you're also like totally the kind of guy that I normally go for. You know, I like that, that, like that meth thing. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, wow, what a, what a wonderful, like little insight into the world of people hitting on people (laughs) 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 that I don't often get to see. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just like the, the idea of just like offhand just being like, oh, hey, it's really nice to meet you. You know, it's funny. <laughs> like, you're the kind of person that I'm often very attracted to uh, as like your method for because <laughs> I don't you don't you don't know this about me, maybe audience yet. But I don't I don't I don't I don't do that kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> you know, the challenges happen and I'm not like I'm not. Super, you talked about how you liked the challenges. Mm hmm. I was I found myself being less interested less interested by the challenges and far more interested in like I was definitely more interested in like the runway looks. Yeah. I, I think I feel that way too actually. Like the run, the runway is definitely my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um and just the process of painting mm-hmm. and um and then you know dressing for the runway. Mm-hmm. Um but I do like the challenges as well. I like how there's a variety, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they start off with how many? Is it like it's like 12 or 14, right? Yeah. Something yeah. like that. And so like I'm watching the show, um, you know, they're clearly, they're building a narrative and I feel them doing it. Like I feel them like building this narrative of Sharon is kind of an underdog. They're building this narrative of, um, of Fifi being kind of a villain. And they do some of that reality TV stuff where like somebody says something and there's a reaction shot from somebody that you know for a fact was just somebody being like, hey, do you have a paperclip? <laughs> like. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the Party City Exchange. Oh, yeah. Hey, on the Party City Exchange. I think I heard the Party City. And they, they, they got a lot of mileage out of that Party City Exchange. Yeah. And I don't know, like, um, and I think I actually had heard Party City before hmm. in reference to this show. Um, uh, yeah. And, for, yeah, there's a there's an exchange. And I've heard it many times recently where in Sharon Needles, who, by the way, Sharon Needles is her name. And it took me 10 out of 14 episodes or something like that to get that joke. <laughs> I didn't I did not I did not understand that it was sharing needles <laughs> until way, way, way too deep into the season. Um fantastic. Uh, but anyway, Sharon Needles calls Fifi a tired ass showgirl and Fifi's like, at least I am a showgirl. Why don't you go back to Party City where you belong? 
And they they mentioned that a lot. And I like honestly, when I watched it, I was like, who? I couldn't tell who won in that exchange. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I felt like neither of them were particularly good disses, to be honest. <laughs> um, the best diss in the whole thing was where somebody told Latrice that he didn't have to wear the yard sandals anymore because uh, Latrice famously like was in prison. And there's an episode where they had to like they had to like roast each other. And uh, and I think it was I think it was Dita Ritz. Who told uh who told Patrice or told Latrice that he didn't have to wear the yard sandals anymore. The season goes on. Somebody's eliminated every week. I love how it comes down to two people and then you lip sync. Great, great mode. And I'm watching and like slowly I'm like, Sharon Needles, man. Sharon Needles is just like I I need it to be Sharon Needles. Mm-hmm. Like I just I need it. Everybody has got like a little bit of a sob story. Um, and that's so beautiful because there is this whole thing of like, you're watching these people, at least this was my thing, is that I'm watching these people do this stuff. And yeah, they're doing something that's like a little bit weird, but they just seem like regular people to me. Like, I don't, I'm not thinking about, and and like through their personal stories that come out every once in a while, you realize like, oh my God, every single one of these people has had terrible terrible fucking things happen to them just because of who they are um like way beyond like a normal uh quote unquote like normal person uh which is a thing that like it's kind of awesome that you can forget it for a minute but like whenever they would bring it up that'd be a thing um but you know they're they're eliminating people every week and every week i'm like yeah that's a good elimination yeah that's a good elimination. They they really kind of didn't bring it. Um, sometimes I would kind of be like, oh, I'd rather have this person eliminated than this person. Um, but like for the most part, you know, we're getting and I'm and I'm waiting for like I'm I'm deep into Sharon. It's like when I was watching the X Files in the '90s, and I had had some bad luck with some TV shows in the past, like weird things. And I was like, I love this X-Files show. It's too bad that it's going to get canceled after one season. I was so sure that X-Files was going to get canceled after one season. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I was like, I love Sharon, but it's going to, she's going to, she's going to go soon. And I, I'm like, I just need to savor this as much as I can. I'm not liking Fifi very much and I'm hating Willem. I'm hating yes. Willem. Willem is just, just the worst. Willem's just like name dropping, like I was on CSI Miami or whatever, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and 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 staring into nothing and just being like real lame. Mm-hmm. Um, and my biggest problem with Fifi was partially also that she wasn't funny. Every time there was a thing where she had to be funny, like she would not be funny. Yeah, she was a very very beautiful, like made good clothes, but was never particularly funny or entertaining to me. Um, but anyway, so. We're going through this whole thing, um, and we're watching this, and we get to an episode. I think it's somewhere like uh, it's it's getting close. It's getting close to the end, and Willem's team wins the challenge, and so they move to the back, and then it comes down to bottom two: Fifi versus Sharon Needles. Like literally, like my second least favorite contestant behind Willem and my favorite contestant to lip sync for their life and they lip sync and then it gets done and then fucking RuPaul is like Willem will you step forward and is like I found out that you broke the rules of the show and you're off the show Fifi and Sharon Needles you are both safe and it might as well have been like no, Luke, I'm your father. Like, it was that level of, like, of, oh, are you fucking kidding me? This is the best, like, you could, like, like, to have it be, to have it be that, like, literally, that's how you would write it if you were a yeah. bad writer. That's how you would write it if you were a bad writer. But, like, it happened that way in real life. Now, who knows how they manipulated it to get... Yeah. Maybe they knew they were going to kick Willem off. Because um, apparently Willem knew... He, Willem throws up right before right. this happened. And apparently he knew that he was going to be kicked off. And so he just, like, ate a bunch at lunch and so was all sick. 
That's what I read about it afterwards. I had to yeah. read about it. I had to like, I had to read that immediately, but I was like, oh, I don't want to get any spoilers for who wins. Yeah. So Willem's off. Sharon and Fifi are back on. And I'm like, that makes sense because they've clearly set up this rivalry between the two of them. I really feel like they'll probably survive till the end. Um, and I'm watching it and I get to, I get to about episode 11 and we're down to Latrice, Chad Michaels, Fifi, and Sharon Needles at this point. Oh, which also, by the way, after they get rid of Willem, they're like, oh, we're going to bring somebody back. That's right. And they bring back Kenya, mm-hmm. who is very beautiful, but like doesn't just kind of doesn't quite get it, which was indicated amazingly by, and this is Honestly, this was like the moment of the show for me. Adding to it, your story of like, you are pregnant with Elliot, like watching this show. And in the episode where Kenya comes back, the bottom two at the end of that episode are Latrice and Kenya. And they have just done their, they had to do a pregnant look. So they all have like these belly bumps built in. And they have to lip sync for their life. And Latrice, uh, the song is You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. Mm-hmm. And Latrice just stands there, which is don't do that during lip sync for your life. You right. do not just stand there for lip sync for your life. You put on a show. Like, you do not stand stationary for lip sync for your life if you want to continue in this contest. But it's You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. Latrice has the baby bump and is wearing it. And just nails singing, like lip syncing soulfully to her fake baby. You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. And it's one of the most powerful things that I've ever seen on TV. It's so beautiful. And meanwhile, Kenya is like twirling and <laughs> spinning all over stage, trying to like, trying to make a show tune out of You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. And it's just like, there's no contest here. Yeah. That is, it's, it was gorgeous. And it was just like, that's that's one of the most beautiful moments I've ever seen on TV. And so Kenya's off right after getting back on. And we're left with Latrice, Chad Michaels, Sharon Needles, and Fifi. And I've been sharing needles the whole time, but there's a moment at the beginning of that episode where I was like, I was like, man, I love Latrice. Uh, I love Sharon. I don't like Fifi. Um, And I'm looking at Chad Michaels and I'm like, Chad Michaels deserves this. Yeah. I had the same moment actually. Like right yeah. at the end of the season, I was yeah. I was sharing all the way, and then there's a moment where I was like, Chad Michaels deserves this. Chad yeah. Michaels is 40. Chad Michaels does everything right. the The mm-hmm. thing that they the thing that they criticize Chad Michaels for is he's too perfect. Yeah. Like and like, it's not good. It's not good drama. It's not good drama if Chad, Chad Michaels wins. It's like the Yankees mm-hmm. winning the World Series for three years in a row. Like it's not, it's not good drama, but I was like, man, Chad Michaels deserved this. Uh, and then that night was the night that Chad Michaels and Latrice squared off for, for lip sync for your life. And Chad Michaels won and Latrice was off. And that was, that was the very first and actually that was the that was the first and last time that someone was eliminated from the show and and it was hard. It was hard to watch. It was hard like I felt so bad. But then Latrice like gave that amazing speech while crying, like goes and does does his, uh, the tagline like large and in charge, chunky, chunky yet funky. funky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Latrice Royale and walks off like really like it was it was another perfect moment of TV. And and then they did the final episode where they all compete. They all lip sync. Chad Michaels, Fifi, and Sharon Needles. And they're like, we'll announce this after the reunion. 
And it's like, ugh, now we have to wait for this. And then they have the reunion. The reunion's beautiful because, like, clearly everybody in the room has seen the show and, like, really enjoyed Like, everybody's having a good time. They're talking to people. Meanwhile, let me just talk a little bit about Sharon Needles. Some of the things that, like, early on, like, the story on Sharon Needles is that Sharon Needles is one-dimensional, just scary and stuff like that. But then, like, knocked out that, like, 50s Elvis look that was amazing. She... Dis, for her celebrity impersonation, she picked Michelle Visage, one of the fucking judges, and just made fun of her the whole time. And I was like, there's no way. Like, this, like everything Sharon Needles did, I looked at it and I was like, that's a bad idea, Sharon. And then she made it work. It was yeah. amazing. Like, she came out in that first runway just, like, looking like a ghoul. And I was like, There's, they're going to hate this. But they loved it. The thing that was amazing, though, for me in that reunion show is that they bring Willem out. And, like, also, by the way, Willem is fine as fuck. Like, <laughs> Willem, Willem is a hot lady man. And they drag Willem out. And Willem explains that he was getting conjugal visits from his husband. And that's why he got kicked off the show. And was funny. Yeah. When Willem was not competing anymore, Mm -hmm. Willem was way chiller, was way funnier, um, still narcissistic, but like it didn't, it didn't feel like mean Mm -hmm. in the same way. I was so happy to see Willem. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe (laughs) how happy, I hated Willem. I was so happy to see Willem. And then there was an amazing moment where they're talking to Fifi and she said something about, like, even though, like, you know, me and Sharon have had our problems, you know, like, I still respect Sharon. And Willem's over the side and is like, bullshit. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, like, and was like, no, man. Like, I've seen what you've been doing. You've been signing autographs. Fuck Willem and fuck, <laughs> fuck Sharon. Like, you're acting like you're cool, but you're not cool, you know? And, like, I was like, Willem. Willem. And then, you know, and then they announced the winner and it's Sharon Needles. And there was a moment where in which Sharon was like in the in like the four when it was the top four, the top five. And and Sharon was like, I can't even I can't even win a a pageant in Pittsburgh and uh, some stupid local pageant. And I'm like and I'm like top four on RuPaul's Drag Race. I can't believe it. And then like Sharon wins and it's amazing. And um you know, I feel, I feel for Chad Michaels. Um, there was a point though at which, you know, like in order to steal myself, just in case the unthinkable happened, I was like, you know, honestly, like Fifi's been real good too at the drag queening. Fifi's been good. She's not as entertaining. She's not as, not as entertaining, but gorgeous, good looks. Yeah. Can't be good at everything. But not as well-rounded as Chad and Sharon. Definitely not as well-rounded as Chad and Sharon, for sure. But, I was like, it would like, it wouldn't be a travesty. I'm not, yeah. I'm not rioting in the streets if Fifi <laughs> wins, but Sharon does win. I'm satisfied, but also like, <laughs> I'm like reality TV wary. I'm like, did they do this to me on purpose? Did they write it this way? Like, what? Did, like, I mean, they kind of, of course, they, they, of course, they did. And there's always the the hand of the producer, but, but like, I was satisfied. And like, what a great season of television. It like it's it's just it was rarely it was rarely mean spirited. Early on, I had trouble like listening to the critiques, but but like yeah, it was there's a moment where they all talk about their drag families, mm-hmm. which was a like makes sense uh, to me, but it's just something I hadn't th- thought of before. And they all talk about like like oh my drag family's watching me or you know like whatever like oh my you know I miss my drag family. Yeah, I love that. I just love that concept. And there's like also this is the episode where Willem gets kicked off. He's like, "Oh, I don't have a drag family. I just do this by myself." And you're like, "Oh god, that's why you're That's why you're like this." Like <laughs> um and getting it honestly. It was it's it's yeah. It was beautiful. Um let me see if I have any other notes. Um oh, this is one thing. If I have one criticism. Mm-hmm. One criticism. I felt like the phrase serving blank realness tad overused every I love it though. every single one of them was like 
What, for every look. My favorite moment <laughs> in the season, aside from Sharon Needles, who is my all-time favorite queen, having seen all the seasons. And um, my favorite moment was when Chad Michaels came out on the runway in giraffe print and said, serving you giraffe realness. <laughs> 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 I'm was just serving so... them giraffe realness. <laughs> yeah, dead serious, and it was just so absurd and so like outside of anything I'd ever heard before, any like frame of reference or turn of phrase. It just blew my mind, and um, yeah, that was a big moment for me. There's a there's a part where the frenemies have to team up, and of course Sharon is oh, with yeah. Fifi, and uh, they cooperated so well. They like I couldn't believe like how well they co- cooperated. It's like yeah, and couldn't believe is probably the, like I'm being manipulated. I know yeah. I know I'm being manipulated, but also like turns out somebody was writing Buffy the Vampire Slayer too. Uh, so like why am I why am I complaining about about like right, right. about guiding guiding the the narrative of this competition? So so the final episode. They start off with like Sharon having trouble with the choreography, and I'm like, uh, uh. and then like every every contestant had a problem with one part or the other, mm-hmm. um, and then I'm like, it's building up to we're gonna find out who it is. It's like man, and I'm like, they're really taking us on a journey, dicks, and then real big <laughs> fuck you because they're like, <laughs> we'll announce the the win yeah. at at. Uh, so there was actually a reason for that. Um, oh yeah. The previous season was spoiled. Somebody um, leaked who won, and they, and in that season they filmed it in the traditional way of the final three contestants lip sync for their life, and then Rude chooses a winner. But mm-hmm. um, but the winner leaked. So for season four, they did the new thing, where instead of announcing the winner during the last episode, they did the live show. And they actually filmed three different endings where each one of them won. Okay. And they didn't know who actually won until it aired. Oh. Yeah. So when you see Sharon accepting, that was part of a filmed thing that they all had to do. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Interesting. They they still do it that way now. How do you get a... Wow. That's... Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know. It's an amazing and pretty much perfect season of television. I, I'm i so glad that I watched it. You gave me season four of RuPaul's Drag Race to watch. And I honestly, like, I'm afraid to watch another season of RuPaul's Drag Race because I'm like, I can't imagine it could be any better. I would say... Season four is definitely my favorite season. I would say it's the best season, but there are other great seasons and they are different because of the personalities that are on them, because of the queens that are on them. They sure. all, you know, there's so many different queens that bring different things to the table. So there are, are other seasons that are nearly as good, if not as good, um, in different ways because they're different queens. So I, I highly recommend all of it. Yeah, maybe I should look and and see if there's a a season rank somewhere, like the there is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and maybe uh, maybe get into that. Although I don't know, maybe I'll have somebody I else. Could, I could recommend your next season, um, six. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, maybe maybe if I'm not uh, you know if I'm not busy. Yeah, I know you got a lot of stuff to do. I got a lot of I got a lot of dogs in the fire. Yeah, you know, you got to be a statue. Yeah, me, Ty Doty Walker, you know. Um, so I met Sharon Needles. Did Did you know that? Did you see that on the Instagram? I did not see yeah. that. On yeah. The, I do now follow Chad Michaels, uh, Sharon Needles, uh, Latrice Royale, and Willem on Instagram. Yay. And I did notice that you have liked all of their posts. Because <laughs> it, it puts at the beginning, it puts like... If there's somebody you know that liked them, uh, then it puts it's like it's like Melbot and <laughs> yeah. and a billion other people have liked this post, and so that's what all of them say. <laughs> yeah, guilty. <laughs> you met Sharon Needles 
the week before I knew about her. Yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> great. That's great for you. Well, that's a, this is a great, this is a great, what a great experience to have in your life. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Like sincerely. Thank you for, for bringing me into that. That's a great recommendation. I'm really, really glad that you liked it. And I hope you keep watching and we can keep talking about it. Sure. Mel. Yeah. It's been a pleasure as always. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thanks for coming to Neophile. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Mel. Thank you, Mel. I love that show. That season of that show. I love it. And... Believe you me, this is not a generic thing that I uh, recorded and tried to make it sound generic so that we could just (laughs) drop it in for anything. I really do specifically love that season of that show. Nice. (laughs) Hey, if you if you have something that you would like us to do, like Mel, thank you, Mel, for your lovely suggestion. If you if you would like to suggest something, email us at neophilepodcast.com. It's the email though is neophile at <laughs> gmail.com. That first thing was our website. It has all our other contact information for, mm-hmm. for Instagram, yep. Twitter, all that. At neophile podcast in both cases. But definitely email us. We've gotten a couple emails now and mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's incredible. One of them's one great. Thing. Yeah. One of them's a little intimidating. Yeah. One of them's weird. I'm a little chick. I'm going to chicken out. <laughs> but uh, do you, uh, did you watch my movie? Did I watch your movie? Yeah. Is that what you're asking me? I want to know if you watched my movie. I did watch your movie. What did you think? Carts of Darkness. Just to remind people, we do kicking and screening, and that's what we're in right now, kicking and screening. And uh, normally, uh, I ask you to watch a movie, and you say no, but this time- Flipped the script. You asked me to watch a movie, and I said yes. It wasn't hard. I don't see what the problem is. <laughs> uh, I watched it, and I, I'm befuddled, frankly, that I can't believe that you, like, won't watch movies, but you watch this one, which is an hour long movie that I fell asleep in the middle of. <laughs> the, yeah, I, I like it's fine. It's an it's an okay documentary, um, uh, a short documentary about how this guy met some homeless people and hung out with them, and like their lives are kind of sad, but their lives. There's a scene that's pretty good where he talks about like good carts to use, <laughs> um, which I appreciated that. But for the most part, it's kind of just like chilling. Yeah, like it's it wasn't particularly a compelling. What did you like about it? I don't know. I just thought it was very. It shook things up in terms of that sort of um, culture, I feel like, for mm-hmm. me. Like, I don't know. A lot of times you, you imagine homeless people as uh, so poor, and they are, of course. But <laughs> they these were all homeless by choice, um, for the most part. And, and they just, like, one of them was just having a blast every day of his life, you know? Like, I, th- mm. I think that's that's kind of neat. It was yeah, kind of fun, I and mean, then and then the ride down the hill that the guy got to climb in a cart. Yeah, that was, <laughs> was that was yeah, fun. That was that. Yeah, I I feel like they wanted that to. I feel like they wanted that to be a bigger emotional release than it <laughs> land was for a little me. harder. <laughs> yeah, because the yeah the last scene I I it it impacted so little with me that I forgot that it happened until you just said that. But like yeah, <laughs> the the filmmaker actually who had no longer has the use of his legs climbs into one of these carts. And basically it's like, yeah, I put my life in this guy's hands because yeah, if he crashes, like you're kind of done. Um, but yeah, he rode in them. He rode in the cart, which was, you know, a nice fun little moment for him. I'm sure. I can't remember what they called them. There's a name for them, but they, they go and get cans and bottles and stuff and recycle them for money. Right. So that's, they, they, they just, they work. Yeah. Which is, um, kind of interesting i mean it was it was kind of interesting but it just it really surprises me that somebody who doesn't watch movies would watch this movie yeah yeah so so now when i hijack this you might think twice about just saying yes (laughs) yeah what about jupiter oh yeah so jupiter ascending i last week i 
because you weren't here, I challenged myself to watch Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> and I said yes. And I watched it. And it's pretty good. It's I listened to another podcast called Blank Check with Griffin and David, where I listened to a whole two-hour episode. Actually, their episode was the exact runtime of the movie. Mm. Uh, weirdly, somebody pointed that out to them. <laughs> uh, the movie is... It's a fairy tale movie where Mila Kunis is like a poor Russian girl in Chicago who cleans toilets for a living at rich people's houses. And she finds out that she's actually like the reincarnation of a space queen whose people, (laughs) the space queen's people, they seeded Earth with human life in order for it to grow a big population. Okay. So that eventually they could harvest the entire po- human population of the earth and turn it into um, basically a beauty product nice. uh, that allows them to live for thousands of years. Jupiter, that's her name. <laughs> that's her name is Jupiter. Uh, she finds out that she's a space queen. Uh, she falls in love with a half man, half dog named, uh, I forget what his name is, but the actor's name is Channing Tatum. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and there's a, there's a scene where, where she's like, Hey, why don't we bang? And he's like, you don't want to bang me. You're royalty. And I'm like a genetic soldier or whatever. Like I share more in common with a dog than I do with you. And she's like, I love dogs. I've always loved dogs, (laughs) which is a weird line when you're trying to, when you're trying to to bone bone. somebody. (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was okay. okay. It was all right. Eddie Redmayne's pretty good in it. He's an actor and he... uh... I know Eddie Redmayne. Oh, cool. Yeah. Now we're going to go back to the original format of Kicking and Screening, wherein I drop this two-minute timer and try to convince you to watch a movie. And three, two, one, boom. So this movie is called The Ten. It was directed by David Wayne. Now, have you ever heard of the State uh, comedy show from the 90s? Probably not. The State? Yeah, the state. Oh no. What about Wet Hot American Summer? Yes. Okay. I've seen it. You've seen it? Yeah. How'd you like it? I, I liked it. It's the same guy. I like Paul. It's the same guy right. and the same people. Like a, a lot of the same actors are in it. Okay. Yeah. And um it's based on the Ten Commandments. There's a story for each one of the Ten Commandments. Probably one of the funniest ones is the don't covet your neighbor's possessions story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because the idea is that um there's a uh, one day there's this dad and he's in the neighborhood uh, and he sees that his neighbor has bought an MRI machine. <laughs> and so he goes home and tells his wife, we're getting an MRI machine. <laughs> and so he gets an MRI machine. And then the next day his neighbor's getting another MRI machine. Oh. And so they start this war of who can get the most MRI machines and their houses are just full of MRI machines. <laughs> and it pays off when... His family leave the both their families leave them and then they like go and get a beer together. Uh and and it's a really funny scene. But then meanwhile, all the kids are on uh they're on a field trip to a nuclear power plant and um uh uh they're on a they're on a field trip to a nuclear power plant and like everybody is exposed to radiation and they're like, we need a million MRI machines. Where are we going to get them? And the kid whose dad's been buying all the MRI machines is like, I have an idea. And they're like, what is it? And he's like, okay, it's a reality show where you get 10 homeless people and you you have them compete for a, for an apartment in New York. And they're like, that sounds really great, but like we really need to workshop that idea. Make sure that like there's a hook or something like that. Wait a minute, doesn't one of your dads have million MRI machines? <laughs> and then they go and do it. It's a great gag, and that's just one of the ten stories that you will hear in the ten. Ah, uh. from the makers of Wet Hot American Summer, a mu- movie that we have already established that you enjoyed. Uh huh. And I have two weeks. Yeah, more or less. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know you hate it, but I I don't think I'm gonna watch that. Okay. Are you mad, Jed? I'm not mad. I just you don't get it's it. It's starting. To, well, no, it's not that I don't get it. It's just that yeah, it's like because I get. I'm like I had I had trouble watching. I watched Carts of Darkness just seconds before <laughs> we were supposed to meet to record last time. Yeah, it makes it just makes me wonder. 
makes me wonder like why I do this, why <laughs> I even try. <laughs> What's gonna get me? I think you got to learn how to sell it. <laughs> Thanks for listening, to Neophile. <laughs> We had a pretty good time today. Um, thanks again to Mel. Quick housekeeping thing. We are doing this episode, and then we're doing another episode on September 4th, and then we're doing an episode on September 18th. It is going to be our double episode, double-length episode season finale. The big one. That's the big one. And then we're going to – we have some more interviews that we've recorded – but we're not going to like make episodes for them. We're just going to um, sort of put out the interviews with minimal introduction and stuff. And then we're going to work on season two, which should come out late October. Yes. Possibly as late in October as the 30th, the 30th. We're not done. We are not done. We just, are not done. Just do and you'll get, season. you'll get stuff the whole time. It's just, we won't, you won't hear us yammering on like this. M- making up movies. Yeah. Uh, and maybe, you know, kicking and screaming screening will be replaced next season by something where I can disappoint Paul every episode. So Or maybe it'll be like actually tie, <laughs> tying me down and watching. Don't do that. Let's yeah, talk about could, something we else. Could the, we could give you the Ludovico treatment on, on the ten. You don't get that reference. Anyway, thanks for listening to Neophile. We will uh, see you, you in two weeks.